Welcome to the Legend of the Death Race podcast. I'm your host, Tony Matisse, and every week we share legends from past death racers on the courage, power, and wisdom it takes to conquer life's obstacles. All of us death racers aspire to inspire you to create a life past your limits. Today's legend follows the story of Leila DeCorey, a native of Montreal, Quebec. She's been racing since 2011. She started doing the death race in 2012, and she's been at it ever since. Recently, she was diagnosed with stage four neuroendocrine cancer, but she loves mountains, she loves nature, and she continues to fight. And we're here today to hear her legend. Layla, welcome to the show. Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me. Yeah, how you doing? So good to so good to see you. Thank you for being here with us. I know you're going through a lot right now, and we're just really, really happy to be able to talk to you, to hear your legend, and, and, and hear how you're, you're getting through this with everything you've learned from the death race. So. Oh, my, well, you know, thank, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, crazy times for me. Uh, I still have my hair, though, so... You know, I still think I look somewhat decent. <laughs> oh, yeah, you still look fabulous. <laughs> but I, it's coming out by chunks now. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm just happy to uh, to join your podcast. Uh, I'm an avid death racer. I've been at it for way too many years. And uh, hearing my friends on your previous episodes, uh, I know I wanted to do this. But, you know, we, we've exchanged a few times and it never worked out. And now, you know, it finally... It finally has, and now there's this whole new chapter to my life uh, that has certainly, uh, well, has changed me, is changing me. But you know, I'm happy to share my my race insight and my experience over the years doing the the DR. Yeah, super excited to like get into it and just and hear how what your experiences have been like, and then and how those experiences are kind of helping you through this challenge that you're facing now. So, um, you know, we heard that you're from Montreal, Quebec. Um, we didn't dive into your occupation, so share with us what's your occupation, and then what was your athletic background? Uh, well, I'm a, like you said, I'm from Montreal, Quebec, uh, born and raised. Uh, my professional background, I work for a very large health and social services network, more precisely at the Jewish General Hospital, where I'm actually getting treated. Which so is great. Like That's... home away from home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I work there as a social media manager, but right now, obviously, I'm on. I'm on sick leave because I really, I really can't work in the state I am right now. Today's a super good day for me, so yay. Uh, but otherwise, that's my professional uh, background. I've uh, studied in political science, international relations, and I've always been an athlete. Uh, I know that um, usually ask your guests, you know, what we've done in the past. Yeah, tell me about your background. Sports, and I'll just dive into it. Uh, well, I started fencing when I was nine years old. Uh, I guess it's an unusual sport, uh, but I followed the footsteps of my big brother and um, basically made the junior national team. So traveled a fair bit to the U.S., all over Canada, uh, Europe, Israel, etc. And usually the career of a fencer continues into their 30s, but, you know, I was just tired of every weekend being stuck in a gym and uh -huh. like four concrete walls and just fencing away when my friends were out partying and doing like teenage stuff and I'm like training. But I've always loved the regimented life. I guess I, I kind of like training, homework, you know, go do your com competition. So I put my weapons away at about 19. Um, but that didn't mean I would stop 
working out. It's just right. just a part of who I am. Uh, so just continued, you know, going to the gym regularly. And eventually as life continued, I moved to Ottawa and didn't really have a social network there and eventually ended up joining this kind of sports and social club and uh, didn't have friends to be on a team with. So I just joined as an individual and I ended up on this team, this volleyball team and with j just one guy I knew, my, uh, my roommate by before. Uh, and so it's all like Mutt and Jeff people. Nobody knows anyone. We became the best of friends. And that's how I fell into OCR, believe it or not. Very one of the cool. girls was uh, this trampoline um, gymnast, Brenna. She's like, oh, guys, I saw this ad. We can go in the mud and run. And there's like tires and we jump over things. And I'm like, I saw the video. And back then it was a warrior dash. And I look right. at cars and piles of, you know, the chicken leg at the end and the fur hats. And I'm like. Oh, yeah, I'm totally down for this. <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing what I'm signing up for. Um, back then, it was what, the early, like, 2010, 20, no, 2011. Yeah. I started to get these, like, Facebook ads, and I see Spartan Race a week after this Warrior Dash. I'm like, well, let's see the first one, and then we'll see about the second one. So, of course, back then, Warrior Dash, I don't know if you recall, but the big thing was getting dressed up and doing mm -hmm. these things in a stupid costume. So, oh, yeah. so I, of course, I did the costume because I thought, why not? And ended up going dressed as Wonder Woman because that's a big thing for me. I collect yeah. Wonder Woman paraphernalia. And I run this thing, but dude, I have like cotton socks, normal running shoes, you know, it's like the shit gear. I do it, I love it. I come back, I'm dirty. I'm like, I can't wait to do this again. <laughs> like, okay, so I'm like, oh, there's one next week in Ottawa. and. That's like, you know, where I'm living, sign up for it. That was a Spartan. And I, and it was at a Edelweiss mountain, which is a small ski resort. And I thought, shit, this one's much tougher. And I just got addicted. So I'm looking up like, okay, Spartan. And then I see the next one is in Vermont, but I see that the color grade is green. And in my head, I'm like, wait, there's a blue one. I did the red, but then it's like, I didn't do the blue, but then there's the green and it's like, Vermont, Killington, I don't know. It's called a beast. I'm like, mm, beast, mm, don't know, not sure. <laughs> so I don't sign up for it thinking I need to do all the levels, you know, one by one. Because right. I'm a very organized and Cartesian person. So I'm like, screw that. And then I tell my, my friends, my volleyball, you know, league and everything. My, um, I'm like, do you guys, do you guys want to do this? This it's, a, it's called a super, but it's in New Jersey. We drive there and they're like, Fuck that. Excuse me. I swear a lot. We're not. Nice, and nice. then I'm like, well, I want to do it. Back then, the the first hurricane heat that happened in Boston just took place. That's when the Joe DeSena and the crew actually did it. No, so yeah. I, um, this uh, Staten Island super. I did it a hurt. I did it uh, with my God, Ted, Todd Sedlak, Olaf Dahlner, like the, the crew, like the OGs. Yeah. Of, racing and i was the only canadian chick and we called the team the damn canucks and just <laughs> this crazy race and i'm like my god i love these people they're just as insane as i am so of course i'm like i need to do another one and then i'm looking at this roster everything's in the u.s there's no way i can 
like, how is this going to work? I can't go every weekend flying all over the country. I have a job, you know, I have like, this is time, this is money, this is everything. But I decided, you know what, I still need to keep training and keep active. So then I signed up for every half marathon in my area and two to three hours of drive. And I, I just did a half marathon every weekend for months. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which was kind of stupid, but it's great training. And eventually uh, I thought, oh, uh, it got on my radar, the death race. I, I saw like something on Facebook, watched the video. And back then it was the video with the two Marines, the one from the UK and the one from the US. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, what is this? <laughs> what is this? This is insane. And then uh, I just like started to research and I was thinking, you know what? This is so out of my comfort zone, but yet I so need to do it. And I just signed up, not, you know, please let me in, you know, no mm -hmm. real background other than these, this list of races I had done and a lot of mileage in me nothing whatsoever and on top of it it was a winter death race but i thought hey i'm canadian it's fine <laughs> that's how i fell into the death race through volleyball indirectly and uh, that's and amazing yeah so that that was pretty much uh you know from doing one sport that kind of got kind of kept going yeah and what a fun way to find it and you just find a friend oh, yeah. find these people that are and in most of the people stuff. that did the hurricane heat ended up doing the death race. Yeah, yeah. It was like the Todd's, uh, you know, it was just awesome, like family time. Yes, it started becoming like a family as soon as, because yeah. we would all go to those hurricane heats yeah, and we would meet each other. Team. And, yeah. and back then, you know, I'm going to say Joe and Andy were much more accessible. It wasn't like that crazy aura that Spartan mm -hmm. is now or has become over the years. It was more like... I don't want to say family oriented, but it was much more chummy. Yeah, you know, it was like this, this like, group, yeah, very like, accessible people that were just like helping you push your limits and everyone oh, was yeah, trying yeah. to make each other like of this world stronger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so when you did this first death race, uh, how old were you? And, and then how old are you right now? I'm uh, Well, right now I'm 41, feeling mm. like I'm 30 all the time. Which is fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to feel fantastic most days. Uh, I was 33 uh, when I did the first in 2012. So it was uh, in March of 2012, Vermont, of course, because it's always there. And um, yeah, it was the winter death race. I had never heard of it. I, I ended up creating a this Facebook group and collecting names and people that were doing it. And back then... Uh, that was pretty much it. So I, I showed up and uh, met a few more people, people like Lisa Madden, like wonderful, what uh, Amelia Boone. This is how I met like such strong people and yeah. really inspiring, like all around humans. And I was like, wow, like I'm not that crazy after all, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, a lot of people think I'm extreme, but no. <laughs> Yeah, and it's interesting too. Like I felt, I felt that way too uh, for a long time. Like you know, like oh, I can't find anyone that's crazy. And then you find this huge, this community of just people who are like just yeah, as crazy as each other, right? We're all just like a little her. bit off our rockers, willing to go push these limits. And I remember meeting you, Rad Todd's. You know, you and Olaf was also there. And it's just like this instant, 
we kind of get each other. Right. So I don't know if we're like all wired in a really weird way to a want to do these things, b show up, and you know, and it's never it's never felt like a competition. A, right. A, with a, you know between us. And isn't that weird? Because we're signing up for a race, but when we all show up, it's like instantly we're just like, oh, oh my God, you're my friend. I know you. Like, yeah, yeah. you're this crazy person just like me. Yeah. And even yeah. like people that I didn't know that I just knew, like, your, you know, your Facebook people that you right. never met. And you're like, man, oh, you automatic like, friendships, like a hug, kiss, you know, everything. And it's like brothers in arms. It's like going to war almost. Yeah, exactly. And so... Let's um let's dive into a little bit of these experiences okay. with these amazing people. So, uh, you started in 2012 Winter Death Race, uh, and, and you competed in a bunch of death races since then. So which yeah. ones? Which death races were there? So, so is that um, I know there was a summer because Winter 2012, Summer 2012, 2013 I signed up, but unfortunately my like 20 year old cat died, so I kind of busted off that one. I was like, can't can't do it. Like yeah yeah. Nah, move on. And then um, unfortunately a few months later. I lost my father and I just put a big X on racing. I just couldn't do it because my family's always been very much involved in, in, in my racing and I just didn't have the heart for it a very long time. And, and then, uh, I don't know in which year the whole kerfuffle happened with the death race and it just stopped existing. Right. Just when I was kind of considering doing a comeback and I'm like, if I'm doing a comeback, it'll be that. Nothing mm-hmm. else. I want to do a obstacle course race. I need to do something huge i need to, to do something that is very uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh and then pff, no death race so yeah and then pff, 2018 there's like this crazy announcements announcement and i'm like oh my god i'm like it's not even a question i'm like that's it i i'm signing up for this and i basically had like what six months to really rev up my training and then the the last one, well, it was uh, 2019, and okay. this year was canceled. So you know, uh, wah, wah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so here we are. And so let's like dive in a little bit into these uh, death races. What was um what was that first one like, and how did oh. your how did your experiences kind of evolve from one to the next? Well, the first one, the only you know nowadays resources are everywhere, and mm-hmm. the information is accessible to everyone. Back in the day, yeah, <laughs> there was fuck all. Yeah, okay? There was nothing. Nothing. You. So I just went with the group chats. You know, what are you bringing? Like, you know, gear. What? what I found Michelle Roy's blog post, like something ancient about her and carrying logs and wood chopping. And I'm thinking, holy shit, what did I just sign up for? It's gonna be insane. And <laughs> So the first one, I was not a, afraid for, for the weather because cold doesn't really bother me all that much. But the worst of that race, I remember, there's a video somewhere because I remember the cameras uh, of, um, it was grueling. It's winter. They make you go through water, hot yoga, put you back in the snow half naked in your underwear. You know, like imagine the worst shit Don can put you through. It's disgusting. But it's like below zero, like... Minus 10 in Celsius, someone do the calculation in Fahrenheit. I don't it's know. It's very cold. <laughs> very cold. Maybe for most people, minus 10 is not too bad. Well, one yeah. of the worst things I remember for that from that one, and um, I, I was talking about it last death race with Don, because he recalls, 
um, we had to go back then. It was not at the Riverside Farm; it was at Amy Farm. Yes. So it shows that okay? It's a little bit, you know, closer. Uh, well, a little bit more east. I'm going to say. So they broke the pond over there, the ice, and you had to be completely submerged for one minute. <laughs> now I don't know if you've ever done something like that. I've done the polar bear bullshit. So mind you, my knees were probably the size of like watermelons because we had to carry logs on our knees, you know, rolling them for like five miles. So going into the water, I'm like, ah, oh, feels so good. This is after like chopping wood for 12 hours. And I don't know how many burpees that we had to write on a whiteboard that were erased with the snow. So we had to start all over again and oh. stuff like that. Thanks, Andy. Um, and the moment I stuck my head in the water, it's, you know, when you eat ice cream and you get brain freeze. Yes. Yeah, that, but, you know, such a high level of pain. Other people showed up in goddamn wetsuits because they had done the world's toughest mother. I don't have a wetsuit. It took me 10 minutes, dude, to do wow. like the, 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 like, and, and I was hypothermic by the time I got out of there. You know, I'm not a fat chick. And, just, and it took me forever to regain my body temperature. And after that, I had more burpees to do. I just, I couldn't. Yeah. And that's how I DNF'd my, my, my first one. It was just like, there was, my body was just like, what the hell are you doing? And yeah, and, it, when, and when your body starts to go hypothermic, like you just oh, there's, can't control anything. You, you lose so, all motor function. Oh, yeah. So that was, uh, and despite all that, I'm like, totally got to do the winter, uh, totally got to do the summer one. Yeah. The summer one uh, barely lasted like 24 hours. I didn't know about trench foot. Oh, yes, the trench foot. And... And I didn't know about foot care. I'm like such a neophyte going into this, knowing nothing, you know, knowing little about nutrition. I have like Gatorade and bars and, you know, chocolate milk. But so I'm like, man, this really sucks. So I had accumulated knowledge mm -hmm. from these two races for 2013, even though I didn't do it. I was like full of knowledge, you know, just ready for use. And that never happened. But luckily enough, in 2018, uh, you know, I my only fear uh, of, 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 of going in because I the gear got the best gear, got the head right, got I don't care the bullshit you're sending me for months and telling me like things to scare me and, you know, all the tactics that they use because they start fucking around with you months right. in advance. And it was like, second you sign up, <laughs> like, oh, psych, you know, I. I'm not biting into that bullshit, you know, like I turned the volume down on that and just let the chatter happen. Not going to waste my energy. My energy is going to be when I race. Um, and and I, I show up there and behold, I suffer from extreme migraines and 24 hours in my body, you know, throw out migraine. As, as soon as you start showing signs of that, they, they pull you out medically. It's like, yeah, yeah blue. So. I was pissed off in the last one. Well, I'm happy to say uh, I lasted beyond 60 hours. I ate more, and I I could have made it, uh, but my feet were um, were literally uh, coming out of my shoes. You know the Solomon lace systems. Yeah, yeah, the, like the pole string. Was like just breaking through it. Out, just 
pillowing out and there was no way. So even though I had taken care of my feet, when you run out of socks, dude, you're like, that's it. It's like, yeah, I, I couldn't step. I couldn't put any pressure anymore. And with your backpack and, and all that, but you know, nonetheless, uh, I, I still want to come back for more knock on wood. I'll be able to, to race again one of these days, but I cherish all the insanity they put us through. Uh, you know, it's certainly uncomfortable, but I, there's, um, something rewarding in all of that. Yeah. What, what is that? What is the reward? Uh, I, I think, uh, often in life we, uh, we're too complacent. We're, we're too complacent with life. We uh, take it for granted. We're very comfortable. We don't like being uncomfortable. We're like, most people just settle. Okay, it's a bit weirder now with COVID and everything. So we're, it's not like it used to be. But most people are just enjoy the simple things and regular life. I like to go in that area where it's not comfortable. Not just this bothers me. No, this is really, I shouldn't be doing this because it puts you in such a mental state of mind where you have to adapt. It's like, if you don't, you're screwed. You can't go on. And you have to live in the now. In the death race, you can't be thinking too much ahead. Everything is in the now. You can't plan. You don't even know when it starts. You don't even know when it finishes. You don't even know the next task. All you have is pretty much yourself and luckily enough we all kind of rely on one another in in some sort of fashion but it's it's that making yourself uncomfortable because when it's all over everything is just noise and i think it's rob barger that uh once shared this uh tagline well not not tagline but quote from uh fight club and it's like once the 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 fighting's over everything around you is just it's just noise it's 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 irrelevant you know, stupid little things that would have bothered you one day. It's like, dude, it's bullshit. You just yeah. want to, you put yourself through so much. Your body's destroyed. Your, your, your mental state is definitely, you know, you question yourself a lot. You go through ups and downs and ups and downs. And, and yes, you hallucinate the shit out of things after hours. But it's uh, when you get back to normal and, you, you know, you, you refuel, you get some, you get your Z's. And you sleep in, in a comfortable bed and all that. Little things in life that we've been like, oh, well, this sucks. It's like, it's fine. There's a zen. There's a zen aspect that comes from that. And I think for one to totally understand, you really have to put yourself in something so uncomfortable that even you cannot fathom. It's someone else that has to really put you there. I don't think someone would naturally put themselves in a situation that they, they'd never want to do right so for for all the you know the race directors out there that are making us do these crazy things thank you because it's a yeah. form of therapy i it find is. it's weird it is. it is you know but it's not it, for everybody and it's it's true like uh i I've, i use that quote kind of at the beginning of the book that i wrote is is yeah. Stealing it from Rob, it's it, the volume does get turned down it, from Fight Club. The volume gets turned way down um, because everything that used to bother you, everything that you know used to kind of, it just seems so insignificant now oh, yeah. uh, after you've been through this kind of crazy uh, forced hell that you've put yourself in by signing up for this event, right? Um, and so, 
why? Why do you think that is that this is such a good place for you? Um, you and why did you want to do this over and over again? And why do you keep coming back? Uh, back in the day, and 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 uh, it's it's a very personal thing, but I've never really talked about it. I kept I kept this to myself for a very long time. My father is no longer with us, but he he's a child of the Holocaust and. He, you know, we lost a lot of family, and yeah, it's World War II. It's long time ago, but nonetheless, you know, I'm sure everybody's seen like Schindler's List or any movie that's been related, and uh, or anything that has to do with war or war-torn countries or anything like that, and and the difficulties of people going through that, especially for my father who used to share these war stories as a child going through it, and I was thinking. As I grew up, you know, at first it's like, uh, huh. And then as you age, you kind of understand more and more and you realize, whoa, that's a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I just, I, I wanted to be as uncomfortable as some people have, have been without being in a con, can't even compare, but I, I, I've, I've raced with always my, my father in mind of that and then. In, in the later years, in 2018 and 2019, thinking of my my father that fought cancer for like three months and then poof, he he died. And having seen him at the hospital, I was thinking, Jesus Christ, you know, knowing he he never complained in his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was just like thinking of that and other people that I know that have been really sick or that have fought cancer and. I just like, I'm lucky, I'm healthy, I, I get to walk, I have two legs, I have my health, and it's a it's a blessing, and we often take that for granted. And for me, this going through all this hardship and this physical and mental pain, well, it's a celebration of life. I know it sounds really weird, but to me, it is. You I don't can, think it's weird at all. You you. you you get to overcome such obstacles uh, physically, metaphysically, you know, and, and, and that in some, it's a beautiful thing. When I come out of a death race, I'm like usually very quiet. I'm a talkative person, as you can tell. And usually like, I'm going to be like two weeks where I barely like talk to people. I'm not even able to explain what I went through. The only people that, that get it are the other racers can't explain shit to anyone but them and, right. and just all kind of reminisce together and it's like i need to i need there's a high i think we get from it and it's very tough to get that high again and i think we go through a such a a low yes. when we come yes. out of it it's like i don't know if it's the adrenaline leaving our bodies that's got a factor in but it's it's almost like a little depression yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I call it the post-race blues. Oh it's, yeah, it's you know, it's like uh, we, it, and it, you it, go it's through like, this roller coaster after because you're like you got to do such these exhilarating things. You're pushed to such extremes. Your mm-hmm. body was constantly in like you know primal fighter mode, right? And then you're just stop. So the, and then when you stop, it's like oh, you know, that's this this state you create in 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 your life that nothing else I can think of can can make you do. So I like that feeling, and that was primarily just so alive. Yeah. But also, after a few times, it was the people. 
there's the the death racers out there you know they're they're like family they're they're from i know people everywhere thanks to you know obstacle course racing but death racers you know not shout out to all of them uh i've met from the you know the old school to the new school and i know people were talking about oh old school new school I'm in both schools. I'm very happy. I love everybody. They are unique human beings. I wish I could name them all. Uh, you know, from from, from you know Kurt, uh, uh, Athena, uh, everybody that I've met, uh, Ashley. Uh, you just meet such remarkable uh, human beings. You know, it's it's yeah. That's also. Uh, a big reason why you come back because you want to see these people again you know uh dashy I, i i when i announced you know i had a facebook post saying that i you know i was hey man got cancer biggest fight of my life so many of them reached out from the community i was like in tears you know it's just uh yeah 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 that's it's it's The community is so strong and so loving, and and we all have your back, and we are all here to support you through this. Now let me tell you, I feel it, man. I get a lot yeah. of messages, we, and we, I, I do I do feel it. We love our own, and we are always going to take care of our own, which I think is really what yeah. why I love this community. I love doing this podcast. It's because the people. It's yeah. it's all of you, um, and I'm so glad that everyone has been able to help and and reach out to you, and it's awesome. Um, And so if I just to summarize, basically, it's it started out because it helped you feel alive, the most alive you felt. And then mm -hmm. then it became the people and coming back for the people. Yeah, totally. I love that. And so, um, you know, training for these races over the years, what was your training like uh, in the early days? And then how did it evolve as you learned more? Um, well, my, my my training initially was primarily around running and hitting the gym. So. Uh, in the in the very early days, in like 2011, 2012, I'd basically wake up at 4 a.m., have a shot of espresso, go for a 10k run, come back, have another shot of espresso, hit the gym for two hours, and then like have like a big cram session in the evening. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So that was about like five times a week, That's and then interest like <laughs> volleyball, and yeah. then as you meet people, you start doing other things i i definitely got into crossfit which uh added some 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 skills uh i like hiking so uh, i i i'm i would spend a lot of time hiking mountains not necessarily running them but just spending mm -hmm. days with a backpack and just rucking so to speak yeah yeah uh, i think that was even before go rock became uh, quite known uh of course racing uh Uh, and competing almost on a weekend basis that certainly right. helped and um yeah that that was that was pretty much the the regiment like uh a lot of lifting a lot of a, a lot of heavy lifting also just because your legs are so bloody important because uh, you know blood root and all that stuff and 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 you'll be carrying loads on your shoulders so that was the the the, the brunt of my my working out but i've done like stupid things that are like chores you know like move gigantic stones to help my brother create like a staircase at his cottage you know yeah. i'm i'm the i'm the person people 
people call to move heavy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I move. Can you come and help me? Yeah, I'll be right over. You know? <laughs> just and wood chopping is like one of my all time favorite. You know, in the fodge. You know, such a, such a good exercise. Oh like, yeah, you think of people who don't favorite. like it, you just go at it. Oh, it's so much fun. You know? it's and like... it's 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 really good. You just go at it. You sweat it out. A lot of um, you know, house stuff, house chores like garden like breaking up leaves and just anything that's not typical mm-hmm. uh, for a while i did stuff with like tires you know carry tires heavy stuff carry all the grocery bags like a bunch of yeah. times yeah <laughs> weird you know weird weird uncomfortable and then uh, eventually i did a lot of interval training uh eric hutterer shout out to him such an awesome man. He's great. Uh, he's oh, so yeah, great. yeah. Like that dude, uh, I got his back and he's got my back. We did a lot of um, interval training uh, back at a army army center. So a bunch of different stations and, you know, carrying, pushing heavy loads, doing all sorts of wall, uh, ball slams, wall ball, push-ups, uh, anything to, you know, hit every muscle of your body. Yeah. <laughs> you rest rest is also part of training yes uh push that enough because over over training is something that we've seen a lot of people we've seen a lot of people do it and it oh yeah yeah Uh, all it it does is leads to you not doing the thing you want to do so don't over train (laughs) exactly uh and and that's pretty much it and over the years i also took up uh rock climbing and more recently mountain biking but I don't know if that would make much of a difference in a death race. It definitely does for cardio, at least mountain biking. Uh, but certainly on a mobility level, you know, the way you move, get a better sense of your body. But so, uh, the, you know, I'm, I'm not the type of person to, to sit down and do nothing. So that's been my my training regimen, all that combined with, you know, a healthy, balanced diet, of course. Right, which is super important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not, you know, very... You know, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, the proteins, the whole nine yards. I'm not much for, you know, crap food or processed stuff. Right, so. right. And so um, that's how you train for this thing. And training is a lot. It's it's important. But it, as we know, this death race is crazy. There's a lot of unknowns, mm-hmm. um, which you, you gravitated towards. But going into that first one, if you can think yeah. back. What fears did you have going into that first death race? Oh, I didn't know what to expect in terms of mileage. Uh, But that wasn't the problem because I'm an endurance long. I prefer long, hard runs than short sprints. So it's okay. And I'm hard headed. So that was not the issue. The issue was more, you know, like the, the, the I did not expect to be dumped in a, in a in a frozen pond in the middle right. of the right. uh, so you know the, the, that I didn't know what to expect other than being uncomfortable the water was a factor you know I I, I hate being drenched in water uh, and it's something that they do often yes they do <laughs> often all the goddamn time but it's different in summer than it is in winter uh, I'm sure you've seen like some famous pictures. I think it's Mark Webb and they're doing this bridge, human bridge. In the, you know, so you, you prepare yourself like like you can mentally, 
I've, I've tried to envision things, but I mean, you, you can't envision. You just got to be focused on the task at hand. So I've never tried to go outside of what they ask you right then and there, if it answers your question, you know? Yeah, yeah. The Legend of the Death Race podcast is brought to you by Trail Toes, the best anti-blister, anti-chafing cream there is. Trail Toes prevented me from having any blisters after 66 hours at the 2014 Death Race and continues to prevent blisters on all my mountain adventures. Get your jar of Trail Toes today. Use the code THELEGEND on trailtoes.com for 10% off your purchase. And don't forget to visit the Legend of the Death Race shop where you can grab a Memento Mori t-shirt or poster as a reminder to live your best life. Just visit legendofthedeathrace.com slash shop. What were like the most top two most interesting things that you did at any of these death races? Um, well, uh, definitely uh, the last one, uh, I'm sh- well, I, I know my I'm, my brothers in arms, Kurt, uh, uh, and my God, I'm, I'm having a Eric. Uh, the orienteering challenge, which we failed miserably, and we got like, then Eric got booted out. I'm sure from another episode, if people haven't heard, and of course they they lied on the map. Right, of course. And we didn't take blood route, and that just made us split apart. That was interesting. I certainly learned to never trust a goddamn map they'll give us again. But I was stupid, and you know, <laughs> at 36 hours in, I should have, we should have, or I should have thought better so that was certainly a a a a big lesson um when they tell you to not split and stick together that was like the the something that still upsets me today because i i feel that kurt and eric didn't get their skull because of this whole bullshit kerfuffle Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. these guys I, i i love them you know and uh so that certainly that still haunts me more or less Uh, But uh, it's something that, you know, don't overthink when they give you a map or like an orienteering thing. Just if they wanted us to go through blood route, we shouldn't have looked for other ways to go around it. Don't try to find another way. Don't don't try to find that. You must take the hard hard way. That's what they want. Take the hard hard way. But back then, you know, we we had like two injured dudes with us. So we were kind of like, Trying to figure like, out. This what person. are we gonna do with these two guys who ended up like bonking out? You know, like they they they, they disappeared a few hours after. So, uh, um, other um, other things. Well, although, well, I didn't get to do this challenge, but uh, the, uh, I want to talk about the resilience of, of people. That was the year that they did the um, the barbed wire crawl. Oh, uh, and and Eric won. Um, I had uh, I medically pulled out from my migraine, but I I stayed and to see uh, this guy, but everybody else go at it under the boiling sun, uh, and we bring water hours. on them, feeding them, and pure grit. These death racers. It's something to to witness like obscene obscene thought to just barbed crawl under that the sun that day and it was funny to go back a year after and see this beautiful green field because a year before that it was oh 
complete desolation. People just, you know, cooking themselves, going round and round for 12 hours. And some of them still smiling and still, you know, enjoying life like it's the best vacation they've ever had. <laughs> so those are the two, like, most memorable things uh, that, that I can, that, that, that I take back with me. Uh, only because I've, you know, you, you get to be part and witness these, these things. Yeah. As far as the, the craziest or, uh, I think, what was your question? The, 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 the most weirdest, interesting or, yeah. Most, well, the weirdest it, 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 thing, crazy. Uh, most crazy, uh, well, definitely the pond. Mm -hmm. uh, the freezing cold. Most, yeah, I, I still have, I, I wonder where that stupid video is. And sowing seeds with chopsticks and a toothpick in the pouring rain, uh, that was probably the stupidest thing ever. Hated that miserably. It was just pissing rain. It's like Mother Nature was like, I'm just going to pour on you guys. And just all of us like idiots sowing seeds with stupid toothpicks. <laughs> and uh, yeah that's uh, you know kudos to whoever thought that one out yeah that's a good one yeah uh what about on the flip side the most difficult the most difficult um for me <laughs> it's so stupid but uh i i i had to re-get win my bib back and okay. we had to run up and down and do everything like at like the speed of light this is like 36 hours in or something and there's that stupid dirty ass pond mm -hmm. and i hate that pond it's and, so gross <laughs> uh, i I've, I've lost shit in there i'm just happy i didn't come out with leeches but i'm out of breath you know from running because there's just like 10 spots left and i had a some years back uh, a near drowning experience in the ottawa river like i was catapulted out of a boat and just in the oh, current gosh. so it i'm you know ever since then i ain't too much a fan of water yeah and, that's fair <laughs> so you know going in i know it's a pond but just this brown water and i'm out of breath and just having to be like dunked in it for like a uh, what was it 45 seconds to me was the most it's so stupid but my mind goes to that Oh, drowning thing yeah and, totally and and amanda priest oliver god i love that woman who was like cheering me on she's like she's like don't worry girl you got this even the paramedic was freaking out seeing me like doing this because every time i bob up after 20 seconds thinking that's it i'm gonna die you know because my head is also i'm also tired right right and, right and totally. i said amanda just even when i start like going like this just you know jab my head in the water even if i'm like shaking my hands i'm like just and she got me through it. And then we run out and we had to go build a stupid fire. But that, just that little element of being under that brown water for like 45 seconds, that is, that is for me, ugh. Oh that yeah, is, totally terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. It's like PTSD, dude. I, I see myself back in that river in the current just, <laughs> ah. And it's it's a very real fear to have after you've had a bad experience like that, right? Like for some oh. people it might be irrational, but to you it's like no, this is very rational. Like I've oh no, been like, in a bad situation before, and in my head this is the worst thing that can happen. Oh yeah, this was just like the, that's my nightmare every time. Yeah. Like, and I know there's no way around it, so 
And right. it's and 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 let me tell you, in that context, it is not therapeutic. They say sometimes like face your fears and no. Eh, sometimes sometimes it doesn't so, work so not well. After you know? No sleep. And yeah. it's like not, high not, not the best time to try to face no. your fears when you're already at like a, a weak point. If you will, you no, know, your body not. is weakened. Your body has been put through hell. Oh God, yeah. It's rough. <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's fair. So um, during race, uh, I know we briefly just t- talked about how you like to eat pretty healthy and skip processed foods. But like during the race, what do you eat to sustain yourself? How do you, uh, how do you do the race? You know, um, I don't have a problem with caffeine. I know some people go off of it so they they won't they'll wean themselves off before a race. I'm not like that. I have no problem whatsoever. I'm a I'm a I love my coffee and everything, but uh, I don't wean or I don't believe in weaning myself off a of coffee so I'll be fine. Uh, for my hydration, it's pretty simple. I'll buy a noon tablets, mm-hmm. like caffeinated ones. Okay, and, okay. you know, I'll have multiple tubes of those and I'll put them in my, uh, in my water bladder. Another thing that works like a charm, I used to put a lot of Gatorade. I, I switched to um, Pedialyte packets. Oh yeah, that oh, yeah. is like the bomb. There's just enough sugar and more electrolytes than Gatorade, and and that's awesome. Hydration, I've seen huge dudes just bonk out because they don't drink enough, and I, I even if I'm not thirsty, I drink. If I haven't pissed within two hours of starting this race, there are flags that are going up. So I just drink, 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 drink. Uh, Food-wise, you know, it'll be a lot of like trail mix and you know nuts and stuff like that probably way too many cliff bars to a point that i don't want to look at them a few months after <laughs> yeah uh, and also i mean it does take a toll to eat goddamn cliff bars a yes, lot of shot blocks you know that i like cliff brand i just think it tastes better than anything else so for you know quick jujubes you know quick sugar high uh cubes over a gel pack is it's kind of gummy and you chew on it yeah um, like uh, and someone turned me on to uh, MREs, meals ready to eat. Let me tell you, man, I'm a, you know, I'm Italian. And when someone passed me like a rigatoni pouch and I was thinking, <laughs> man, nothing. So, and then like this mush of pasta and sauce. And I'm like, this is the best stuff I've ever had. <laughs> and I'm just like <laughs> sucking the, you know, not even using it. Who needs utensils? You're right. just sucking. It's like a, like a, 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 you know, like a squirting pouch, and I'm just, you know, eating this pasta like it's the best thing I've ever had. So, MREs are definitely a good replacement to all these bars over time. That you know, it, it is heavy. Once you have your poop after a death race, it is monumental. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like there's a lot of like fiber in those. And you know, it's funny. I don't know if you're like me, but like. During those races, like my body shuts down. It just oh, doesn't. Yeah. It's just like it's like no, there's no time happen. to go to the bathroom. This is no. over. We're not gonna go to the bathroom I until this is over. Can't yeah. shit. I will I, pee, I but I don't. Yeah. Oh no, and, and, and you know, I've had like, issues go through, like, anytime uh, during I go through a death big. race, and it, yeah. it ain't fun. Uh, everything works fine, but when it comes to number two, man, like no, I know TMI, but for me, it ain't happening. My body's like done. I can shit in the woods, just not during a death race. It's like shut down. It's like, so weird. And then when you're done, it's like. And then oh, you're weird. okay. You just <laughs> lost twenty pounds. Exactly. But, uh, but another thing I do love is Nutella. And yeah. Oh, like, that sounds good. Nutella is like anything that's like 
I don't even care if it's usually a flatbread because don't you know it's like roll it up almond butter Nutella put a banana in there it's like a burrito type of yes. thing that's, yes. that's the Nutella so burrito it's just enough fat sugar chocolate it gets me going that's like the, that, the that sounds like that, I mean um, it needs to be mushy because even chewing man it's it a lot of effort. Tiring. It's a lot of effort. It's <laughs> a lot of effort. I don't have time to chew. It needs to be like in a puree almost form. Mm-hmm. It's got to go down easily. And I've never tried anything new. Someone once offered me caffeine pills. I'm like, hell no. Another thing that I do bring with me is like Tylenol. And yes. last time I, I don't even know how many Tylenols I took. I just, you know, you keep on popping them just to keep things fluid. Yeah. And that's probably why I didn't have a migraine that time. But it was a, you know, I wouldn't recommend popping as many Tylenols as I did. Because, right. uh, yeah, it's a lot of. Probably yeah. more than the recommended dose. But we're yeah, also metabolizing. Well, well, you're you're yeah. metabolizing faster because of how much you're exerting. But still, oh, yeah. you, know, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. You don't want to mess up your kidneys and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, did you hallucinate at all? Damn right I did. Which yeah, I, I hallucinate mostly with, uh, well, uh, trees and leaves. You know, I, I at one point I was thinking, Jesus Christ, why is the forest so dirty? And it's like toilet paper everywhere and newspapers. And I just started to pick shit up. And I'm like, who's, you know, we're going to get yelled at or, or we're going to get crap because there's like garbage everywhere. Uh, hallucinations of like people in trees, you know, like. Where you know I'm like I think it's a racer, and then my my worst hallucination was a Jonathan Westervelt who dressed up as one of those stupid clowns. It, in oh, uh, God yes uh, yeah, and it was after one of those we were near the crack shack and I was taking a piss and just doing my own my own little business you know and just kind of like squatting for too long and then. I didn't shit myself, but I, because we just talked that I can't shit myself, but I, this is the most horrifying experience I had of that stupid clown in the woods coming oh out God. of the and, That's and, scary. And, and I, I, I think my heart stopped. I hate clowns. And that was not fun. But I, I looked at the pictures and I'm like, God damn, that was scary. But yeah, yeah. those are great. Uh, I, I I think at one point I was talking to someone and it ended up being a camera. They were filming us. And I was convinced <laughs> the headlamp, there was a headlamp, and it just had like a whole discussion thinking, hey, man, this there was cake. Somehow we had cake. And I was just like just talking to this racer. Dude, this cake is the best. I don't eat cake usually, but this is <laughs> stuffing my face. No, And then I realized, I'm like, dude, you're like, you know, like, shut your fucking light, you know? like, And then I realized, oh, shit. <laughs> It is not a racer, and I just had this. I don't even know what I told this dude. <laughs> I probably uh-huh. dirty jokes, and that keeps me going. Like, thick, like potty mouth stuff. Sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. It keeps you going. Those yeah. those jokes, those dirty stories, and singing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you know, definitely. The sing-alongs they get you going. The sing-alongs are fun. I like some of the random sing-alongs that are yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know the I had my share of them. <laughs> Um, so how do you control or how do you handle the controlled chaos of the death race? Oh, 
you just uh, go with the flow. You focus, I've said that a few times, focus on the task at hand. And just when you think you're going to give up, you have to think of something else. The worst part is if you're with someone that's already in that state of mind, it's just like bad juju. No, oh, yeah. It's really, it's really contagious. So negativity is contagious. Oh, negative. Really, really is. Yeah, you just have to get that out of your mind right away. You surround yourself with people that are just high energy. I know we most of us are, but as soon as you have that sheer doubt that oh, I'm not too sure this is the, it's you've already made that turn it's you're you're going down so you you if you can you know shake it out it's just try to okay think of you know the when you go through your first night all i can think of is like wait until you hear the first birds wait until you and i remember like back back in the day i was with kevin lowe and we're just like walking around like well, oh my God, it's the first bird. It's like still pitch dark. And it's like, yes, it's it's morning. I don't care if it's dark and there's still stars. They're starting to sing. That that just gets you gets you through, gets you yeah. through. Then, and then the sun and it, it's nice. And then you get to sit for two minutes and wow, this is awesome, two minutes. And then you focus on the positive. And that's my best advice. If you go down the dark route, it's like, you know, it's welcome to the dark side. It's it's very easy to go there, and it's definitely more difficult to get out of. It is, it is. And just like the negativity can be contagious, the positivity can be contagious. So exactly. if, you can, if you can latch on to that, oh, do yeah. it and find do it the early. That that. Yeah, and find the people that are going to kind of make it easier. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so... Let's talk about gear. If you were to pick your three most essential pieces of gear for the death race, what would they be? Uh, definitely uh, wool socks. Like a, a good, like anything that has to do with your feet. Mm -hmm. Can't emphasize in a foot care. So a good foot care kit, you know, from powder to, you know, something for your blisters, something to clean, pull is pouring, like have everything you need in a little foot care kit along with so many socks. You can never underestimate the, the comfort of a fresh pair of socks. I don't care if your feet are filthy, keep those puppies dry. Yes. Say, uh, if you can put a pair of Gore-Tex socks on top of your socks, which are awesome depending on the level of water you'll enter, you know, so have more than one. But socks are your best friends, definitely. Um, I'll say uh, a, a very good backpack, not too big, but enough that you can, you, you need to be organized so that you can find your stuff quickly. So all those have little compartments, you know, little bags of this, like waterproof, can't emphasize enough have everything organized in your backpack so that when you're asked to pull out something, it's like, that's it, you know? It's, can't emphasize enough the level of organization in your backpack. Something comfortable for, for you to wear on your back. Imagine you're gonna, this is part of your body now. 
I don't care if it weighs 80 pounds, 50 pounds. This is just, it is you. You are yeah. one with your backpack. You might be lucky. They might tell you to drop it for a while, but consider this as a part of your body now. So get something that is fitted for your body frame, women for your, you know, the strap for over the boobs, make sure that thing is comfortable. Don't just buy it a few days before. Wear out your shit, figure out the comfort. And again, I would say footwear. So that also goes with the feet. Uh, are you a hiking boot kind of person? Are you more of a, a aggressive, you know, trail shoe? Do you want your ankle to be held? And again, this is something you test out. Uh, I will say for people that are gearing up, you know, yay Amazon, but order your stuff in advance, test it out. Don't buy cheap shit, it'll break. Headlamps, anything, you know, because yes, your headlamp is also a very good thing, but I'm- That's really important. <laughs> but you know, you want a lot of lumens, not just some shit energizer thing with like three batteries that'll last uh, very little, you know? Expect that you're gonna be out there like three days. So be comfortable with your gear, test it out buy quality pants you know with pockets and one thing that i i if i get to race again knock on wood uh that this is a thing i'm stealing from kurt elkins who had this little you know baggy uh on his little fanny pack the little fanny pack as gay as it sounds no just it's not gay you know but i love everybody that thing it was just you know he had his little snacks his little pills everything right there so you don't have to undo your bag and i was like dude that is brilliant yes absolutely. that is something so that you don't have to undo your backpack put it down there was just things you're gonna need right now from your gel pack to your advil to i don't know insert your the stuff you know you'll need right away in a pinch the fanny pack I recommend. I was going. I was going to do that this year. Yeah, it's a brilliant. It's a brilliant move. I remember him talking about it, and I was like, "Oh my god, that is so." It's like as long as you have something on your waist at all times, and you have like little, you can have access to food. Yes. Like they're good because food. I mean, if you don't keep up on the food, the rest yeah. of the race isn't going to work. So. I, I mean, I had mine in like my cargo pants, mm -hmm. you know, like the, the the pockets and this and that, and. Um, but I thought the fanny pack, like, you know, one thing that I do during a race, and this is like such a, probably a girly thing, other than the, the wisps for your teeth, which is like brushing your teeth. I love the wisps. Good. I love the wisps. <laughs> Minty freshness. I use, um, I have face wipes. You know, I have like these Neutrogena face oh, wipes. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and listen, it's like, ah, I'm human again. It's yes, so I nice. smell like garbage, but it just just the fact that you cleanse your face and then you reapply sunscreen lotion, bug spray, whatnot. It's just that little moment of freshness in days of like being filthy, and you know we look like homeless people. You know, yes, yes, it's, it's like that's so grimy. Person. Yeah. Those little moments of like cleansing, cleaning yourself, they're little joys. You know, and so I, I, I recommend that. Maybe it's more of a girly thing. I don't know. But let me tell you, wiping my face was like, and oh, it was a whole pack of those. 
I can say, uh, you know, just putting my, even just taking my hands in the river and like splashing my oh. face off sometimes to get some of that grime off, it goes such a long way. I mean, even today when I go and do like a mountain, you know, like you're, you're coming back down and you're like covered in just, you know, soot from the volcano, right? Yeah. And you're like, all right, I'm going to go splash my face off with some water and instantly you're just like, I feel better. And it wakes and, you and, up. And, it wakes you up. It makes you feel better. And that can help you go, you know, finish that next challenge. Exactly. Exactly. I think those are awesome. Great, great pieces of gear. Uh, so you've gone to the death race a few times. You haven't finished yet. What was your defining moment at any of these death races that is like giving you that edge to to, to kind of withstand what you're going through now with the cancer treatment and with having to overcome all of these challenges that you're now facing? Well, let me tell you, uh, when I when I was told by the doctors I had this cancer, I thought, first they told me I had cancer. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then they told me I was like a stage four. And then they told me like the percentage of this and that. And it was pretty grim. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> You don't know who I am. And I was like, and I'm like, dude, do you know what I've done? <laughs> and then I thought, Jesus Christ. And uh, I've been through, I, I'm, I've been through chemo already, my 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 first round, and uh, the death race was pretty easy <laughs> compared to what I just did. Yeah. And, and uh, everybody's telling me, you know, you're a fighter, you're a warrior, and this and that. And let me tell you. Uh, not that I want to toot my own horn here, but I am. Uh, the death race has, you know, it felt like a goddamn walk in the park compared to what I've been through in the last month. And it's been pretty horrible. But I take all the hardships that I've gone through mentally and physically in the death race. And, you know, when I was hospitalized for two weeks and pump with all the pain meds to control and when they were trying to figure out what was wrong with me I was just trying to think of those really dark moments and when you race especially at night and you're like questioning yourself and you know though you, you've you've raced you know how it is there's there's still those moments when you're in your head when no one talks at night and we're kind of still keeping some energy and everybody processes their their thoughts differently but I was thinking well, for all that I've done in my racing career, so to speak, and especially in my death racing adventures and the training and putting my body through so much stress, it's like it's prepared me for what I'm going through right now. Uh, it's funny because I started, you know, my, my chemo the day that they just canceled the race. It was supposed to be the 20 the 20th or the 25th mm -hmm. something like that and it kind of coincided the same weekend so as i was like going through all the chemo horror and not even being able to walk right literally and i was thinking remember when you did those things and you could walk and you could run and you could hike and you had 80 pounds on your back and so that's what I think of pretty much every day, because right now I'm I'm I can see myself withering away. You know, I lost a lot of weight. Uh, I I can't 
I don't even know how I used to do what I did before, you know? And now yeah. I'm kind of, it's really tough to see myself this way. Mm-hmm. And I started to watch this thing on TV. I watch a lot of TV. I'm mostly in my head thinking about getting better. But it's that thing you had posted about. Um, it's on Amazon and it's a Fiji Island challenge. The, the eco challenge. Like an yeah. eco challenge. And I was, I was watching it on one of the nights that I was feeling good. And I was thinking, you know, that's not the toughest race in the world. <laughs> <laughs> These guys actually know where they're going. And I was thinking... You know, I really hope I can, I can go back out there and do it. Because before I knew all of this was going down, some of my friends reached out, some death racers, and I said, "Don't worry, man. It's you know, it's probably just kidney stones. I'm there's too many death races for me to go and try to finish them." <laughs> and uh, I, I, I want to say I want to be able to be out there next year. I. I'm not in the power to say if it's feasible or not, but I'm stubborn enough that, uh, you know, I want to be out there again. I want to be with my friends and I want to push myself beyond the limits right now. I'm, I am in another kind of weird and fucked up way. Sorry for the language, but... Every day is a battle now, you know, but I try to Absolutely. be optimistic and I, I take all these hardships that I've put myself through doing the DR and, and the lessons. It's, you know, it's my it's my new hero's journey. It's my own weird battle that no one can totally understand, except maybe other people that are going through cancer treatments. And this this is a weird, aggressive, rare cancer that I have that. You know, uh, from what I understand, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to be sick for the rest of my life. And that's pretty tough. Yes. <laughs> when, it is. When you're someone like me. But, I, I, you know, I'm like, screw all that. I, I'm not a statistic and I want to overcome all of this because I want to be out there again. So the death race has taught me that, you know, whatever... Is trying to put you down. Just go at it a day at a time, and and you can overcome this. So that you know, that, I don't know what else to say other than this 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 recent thing in my life fucking sucks, man. But uh, I know I have the right mindset to overcome it, and I want to say I'm gonna be out there again in Vermont and Pittsfield, hopefully. To finish. Yes. It's not about the skull. I don't care no. about the skull. I just want to say I made it until the very last hour when they decide to call it a day. You know. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I, I want to see about the, the medals or the whatever. It's just go until the end. Yes. We want to see you do that too. And you know, every single one of us has your back. We are. We are here. Thanks, we are here for you. And. I, I truly mean that, and I'm sure everyone else out there in the death race community feels the same way. So at, at any time during this battle that you're having with cancer, please, please, please reach out to any of us, myself, Thanks, included, man. any of us. If you're having a bad day, 
and you're just like, I want to shoot the shit about Death Race, so that way yeah. I can find off of my bad. I, I, man, I follow every bloody page, you know, I read the posts, I, you know, I like, I laugh, and I, I, I do get the uh, the chit-chats here and there with other Death Racers, you know, and and I want to say a, a big thank you to to everybody, because I'm a, I, I tend to be a very independent person where I don't rely on others to help me. I don't accept help easily. And uh, that's the thing with this right now. I know I, I can't be alone. I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to post it to be like, hey, look at me. I'm sick. Feel sad for me. It wasn't about that. It was more about, shit, guys, I can't do this alone. And I need to feel love and support from every source to give me strength. Yes. Like pretty depleted, and and everybody pretty much stepped up to the plate, and I I never thought I would get so much out of you know a racing community, people you see once a year and people I haven't seen in ages, uh, just send me mess like thank you everyone from the bottom of my heart like it does give me strength when people take actually the time and have reached out it's it, it fills my heart you know and i know that this week when i go in for for my, my next treatment it'll be a it'll be tough but i have that to take with me and it is so powerful it gives me strength people are giving me strength i need it for once in my life i'm like i'm reaching out for it and i'm okay it was weird to receive all of that at first but now i'm like i'm okay with it yes, it's yes. like it it's it's like a warm hug around me it's enveloping and it's just thank you you know a lot of us are uh i mean the stuff is we're tough we, we we think you know we don't need anyone else to help yeah. us right it's really hard to ask for help probably for a lot of us so uh, with that, I'm going to say, knowing that it's hard for you to ask help, and you've already done tremendous by going out and asking for help with your post, but I'm going to ask for even more help. Everyone listening, if you can, you know, reach out to Layla every once in a while and give her That's some awesome. love, give her some help, because you know what? She may not be able to ask for that help sometimes, uh, but yeah. let's, let's be the army of death racers that we are, and let's give her oh, thanks, all the love and support that we can through this, because, you know, we are all in this together. And we love our community, and we take care of each other. So Thanks, we got you, Layla. We will we will make sure that we take on the effort of reaching out to you because that's what we need to do as Death Racers to help support you through this. Yeah. Uh, we already know the answer. You would totally do this Death Race again. Oh and yeah, will, no. and you will do this Death Race I again. I will. I will. Mark uh, my words, man. And I can't wait to see you go out there. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely want to talk to you, you know, leading up to that and maybe again uh, after. You as a left. finisher, as a finisher. Yes, because I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Oh. So uh, I always like to ask this kind of towards the end of the conversation. Are there any books that you would gift to someone who was trying to prepare to do a death race or any endurance event for that matter? Yeah, there, there's a, you know, I'm thinking about Born to Run. Mm -hmm. Anything that wants to get in, into running. Uh, shout out to my mom who got into running at 72. Oh, that's so awesome. 5K every day. She's going to be 81. You know, so 
for anyone that's looking out there to get fit, you know, we were born to run. The book will tell you all about it from going barefoot to everything. Not that you need to do that, but we were made for it. We were made to move. So get out there. Uh, in terms of death race, well, there's two. One is more like philosophical. It's the our art of war. You'll, you'll get some mm-hmm. inspirational quotes from there. But if you're looking for like... Uh, stories to a story to inspire you I would think South by Ernest Shackleton and this is uh, a more of a historical thing of mm-hmm. 1917th uh, or 1914 basically uh, went to, to Antarctica with a, a boat for you know um, discovery and was held in the ice the boat sank and this is how they were stuck in Antarctica and basically, It's their survival story. But this is like 18th century, uh, crazy, you know, very low technology. And you see these guys at the beginning, they're looking like super duper. And then, you know, at the end, it's like, whoa. Yes. <laughs> like people died, people, it was, it, it's a pretty, it, it's, it's pretty hardcore. But it, you know, you can make the analogy of going through a death race because it's, it's, I'm not comparing it to this Antarctica expedition because uh, it's not the same elements, but it's the mental state of mind of these guys that kept going because it was, you know, move or die. Yes. Uh, and I'm not going to say it's move or die at the death race, but you should envision something like that. You you got to keep moving. You got to yeah. keep going forward. And you have to expect the unexpected when you show up for this thing. So there's some good lessons to take from that, I, I would say, if, if from a more of a death race. And of course, uh, I think your your book, for people that haven't ordered it, uh, you know, get get out there, do it, order it, read it, because this is a great resource center for death race, not just from the, the story's point of view, but, you know, nutrition tips, training tips. Uh, this is a... a collection of the stories basically mm-hmm. and it, it it gives a lot of insight for people that want to sign up for this so that would be you know my recommendations and you know I'm, that, that's pretty much it that I can think of right now at the top of my head I think those are all great books I know Born to Run was the one that got me into this whole this whole crazy mess so like there you go. I, I love that book I'm sure a uh, lot of people have said this book and probably not very original <laughs> no, no it's, it's great you know it's, it's great too like we hear you know we hear new books we hear the same books sometimes but like all of these books it's it, you hear sometimes you hear the same titles it's like okay Clearly, that's a book that should be picked up, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, well, we know that you're on this journey right now, and we are all here with you. Thanks, um, man. If you want, this is a chance to share with everyone how they can reach out to you, how they can stay connected with you, and, and uh, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, wherever, you can sure. share that. Uh, well, on Instagram, they can find me at Layla, L-E-Y-L-A, underscore wonder woman it's an open account so you know mm-hmm. follow and on facebook well same thing but it's leila l-e-y-l-a esther d Corey. so you can you can find me i have this lovely fight club soap in my hand and i'm smiling and uh yeah if, reach out to me send me a message uh i'm not always on but i will i will check uh 
I've, I'm a little bit less active, but I, I give me a few days and I shall reply, reach out. It's always uh, lovely to to hear from my fellow racers and even new ones that would have questions. They're most welcome. That's awesome. Well, Layla, thank you so much for, for sharing your story, sharing your fight with us. We are all here with you. Thank um, you. I hope I... I hope I inspire people to go out there and get uncomfortable. It's yes. one of the best things I've done in my entire life. So you don't know what you're made of until you've done a death race. So I encourage everyone, get out of your comfort zone and go get dirty there in Vermont. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> get out there, get dirty, and stay tuned for more legends from past death racers. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review. This really helps the podcast move up the rankings so we can reach even more humans. Also, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you find you really enjoy what we're doing, consider becoming a sustaining member by clicking the link in the show notes. Just a quick reminder, My Legend, The Legend of the Death Race book is now available. Visit legendofthedeathrace.com book to order your copy today. Thank you again for tuning in. If you'd like to stay up to date on my current adventures and training, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Just search the handle at That Endurance Guy or visit thatenduranceguy.com. We'll see you next time on the Legend of the Death Race podcast. Now go create your own legend. <laughs>